Welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy, the podcast that empowers you to transform life's challenges into opportunities for personal growth and healthier relationships. We're your hosts, Tim and Ruth Olson, licensed marriage and family therapists and trauma experts. As experienced therapists with backgrounds in addressing trauma and mental health disorders, we believe there is hope and there certainly is healing. We've spent our lives supporting people through the ups and downs, and we want to share these insights with you. Together, we'll unravel the layers of personal growth healing from trauma, and building healthy relationships. Each week, we'll bring you engaging conversations, expert insights, and practical strategies to help you heal from the past, foster healthy communication, and develop enduring love. This podcast is your guide to transforming adversity into triumph, healing wounds and past trauma, gaining wisdom and insight, and creating meaningful, fulfilling connections. So if you're here to heal, to better understand yourself or your relationships, you're in the right place. So sit back, get comfortable, bring your trauma and your drama, and let's start healing. Welcome Welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. Hey everyone, welcome back to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy podcast. We're so excited that you're here with us today. Today we're going to be talking about seven lessons that we learned from doing escape rooms and how that can apply to your relationships. And we're actually going to break this into two parts. But before we jump into today's episode, we want to make sure that you know that there's an opportunity for us to be able to walk alongside you and work with you in a deeper way. This year, Tim and I launched Coaching with Truth, which is our coaching program that allows you to work with either Tim or myself. So if you find areas that you just feel kind of stuck in and you just need an outside perspective or need some guidance along the way, we'd love to be able to sit with you and talk you through it. And so we do offer a free 15-minute discovery call. If you want to see if this is the right fit for you, we'd love to be able to get in that 15-minute call. So check out the show notes for more information on that. All right, let's jump into today's episode. Today, what we're going to be discussing is lessons that we learn from our experience in escape rooms. So one thing you need to know about me is that I love escape rooms. And I know some of you out there might be saying, why would you pay to be locked in a room and have to figure your way out? But once I do one escape room, it like opens the door and it makes you just want to do another one, one after the other. Oh yeah, for sure. The last month we've done five escape rooms. And that's not typical by any means. But about two months ago, my best friend for her birthday wanted to go to an escape room. So we went and right after we were done, both her and I were like, okay, you guys want to do another one? But both husbands were not interested at that moment. And so we went out to dinner instead. But Tim and I got to go away for our anniversary in December. And it was so nice. We had a couple days away. We did a lot of different fun things. But the very first day, we did an escape room. And like all the other times, it makes me want to do another one. And because we didn't have the kids and it was just us, Tim agreed. So we did another one. And then I was like, okay, one more. (laughs) And so over the course of two days, we did three different escape rooms. And then we had some friends come out for the New Year's and we got to do a couple of escape rooms with them. And for that one, it was the two couples and then all of our kids. And that's a different experience too, because now you're also involving your kids and you have to Make sure that you're not just being so competitive and trying to get out of the room, although that is the goal, but you're also letting them unlock things and making sure they're working together. 
But as we were working through it, we were talking about how this would be such a great episode to do because there's a lot of lessons that you can take from being in an escape room and also apply it to your relationship. So we're going to go over seven lessons that we've learned doing escape rooms and how that can be applied to your relationships. So one of the things that's interesting about doing escape rooms is that it really is a pressure cooker. You have a short amount of time. You have difficult tasks that you have to figure out. And so it really kind of squeezes you. And if there's a time where people are going to get frazzled or upset or annoyed, when you go through that stress test, something similar to being in an escape room, that's when some of the flaws or some of the deficits are really going to kind of show out. But one of the things that we were talking about when we were going through this is, okay, what do we need to know or what do we need to learn? How do we do escape rooms better? Because obviously the first escape room you do, it's all new. You don't know how to do anything really. And you're discovering all this new stuff. But there are certain themes and you can understand these themes throughout all escape rooms and then they help you out. But also these themes follow into just our everyday relationships and how we interact with each other. And the first thing we want to talk about is that you always want to keep your end goal in mind. When I'm talking to somebody, whether it's a colleague at work, whether it's your spouse, whether it's your kids, or it's some task that you're endeavoring onto on your own, you always want to know what am I trying to do? What am I trying to accomplish here? At the end of the day, what do I want the end result of my efforts to look like? So for an escape room, obviously it is to escape. You have 60 minutes to be able to complete the task and escape that room. But I think a lot of times people get caught up when they're in relationships or when they're in conflict because as they're fighting or as they're having their disagreement, they forget what their end goal is. And you can kind of look at this on like a micro level and break it down that way. There's an end goal just in this specific argument, but also on a macro level and just looking at, okay, in our marriage, what is our end goal? But when you look at just this specific argument, the goal is to find a solution that works for both of us and to be able to get on the same page and work through whatever difficulty it is intact and possibly even stronger than we were before. And I think a lot of times that gets overlooked because when people are having arguments, a lot of times their end goal becomes, I want to prove that I am right or I want to show them that I'm not wrong or I want to get my point across and make sure they know where I'm coming from versus the end goal is to find a solution together as a couple and to work through this together. And so the next point, and I think it's a good jumping off point from what you just said there, Ruth, is teamwork. We're trying to work together. We shouldn't be trying to just only secure our own end goals. It's we have these end goals together. Now, a lot of times we can get in each other's way and we can be preventing each other from getting to our unified end goal because we create these side goals. And it was just like you're saying, Ruth, like, well, I'm upset with you and I want to be right in this situation. So I'm going to go about proving I'm right as opposed to I want to reconcile this disagreement. I want to reconcile these difficult interactions so that we can get back onto the same page. And in your relationship or if you're in an escape room, it's about teamwork is about sitting there using both of your minds to try and solve a problem so that you can move forward and not get stuck. And a lot of times what happens is you might be looking at like a clue or trying to examine something when you're in an escape room and it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to you. You're having a hard time figuring out what's going on where your mind just isn't putting these two puzzle pieces together to be able to solve this problem. 
And this is something that regularly happens when you're in an escape room and then somebody else will come, they'll get their eyes on it and then they'll say, well, actually, maybe it's more like this or look at it this way or I think it's this, let's try that. And they'll give you a totally wildly different perspective. And I remember one time I handled the Google ads for our business and there was something I just could not figure out. And Ruth hasn't really done a ton with the Google ads. That's just been more of my area of expertise. But I remember even asking her, I was like, I just need to get another set of eyes on this. I can't figure out how to do this, or I can't figure out how to correct this thing that's going on here. And can you just look at it and give me a different perspective? And she was able to sit down and look at it and then familiarize herself a little bit with it. And then was able to solve this problem that I wasn't able to. She was able to see it in a different light compared to how I was looking at it and then point me in the right direction. Now, I could get annoyed or frustrated by that because like, man, I know this. Why couldn't I figure that out? Or just be like, oh, gosh, I'm so glad you were able to figure it out. It was so annoying. I couldn't figure this thing out. And so when you're thinking about teamwork, it's not about one person getting the glory over the other person. It's a we get the benefit together when we work together and when we solve these problems together. So the first lesson was to remember your end goal. The second is teamwork. And the third is to play to your strengths. When you're in an escape room, there's a lot of different puzzles that need to be solved, a lot of different connections that need to be made. In the last one we did, there was a magnetic like tube or maze that had to be done. And like I said, with the kids there, we also had to make sure that they were able to do certain things. And so when we found a key, we always let the kids open that lock because it was something that they could do versus if all the adults took a key and opened the locks, then the things that were harder along the way, the kids wouldn't feel like they were as much a part of the team. And so finding things that they could do but honestly, there were a couple things that the kids saw that we didn't even notice or see. There's some footprints on the ground, and almost immediately, the kids grabbed the shoes that were on the other side of the room and were like, hey, do these match up? And we were able to solve that fairly quickly. But us adults were looking at it and trying to figure out which way the shoes were pointing and is that for a directional cold lock? But the kids were able to see it from a different perspective and we solved it fairly quickly because of that. And then there was another piece on the ground where we were looking at the code to figure out how to diffuse this bomb. And there are different color codes. And it was one of the kids that saw above on the wall the color code that would then decode the bomb. And so although part of it was us allowing them to open different locks, they really did have value. And they gave a different perspective and saw things that us adults were maybe looking into a little too much. And so it really was helpful. And there was this other picture that was kind of cut up into a puzzle. And so those who liked puzzles did that. And the kids were able to come together and help with that as well. And there were a couple of journal entries and things that came up that immediately I was like, I don't even know what they're talking about. So I quickly handed it off to Tim for him to be able to look at it while I went and did something else. And it's the same thing in your life or in your relationship where you look at where are your strengths in the relationship? What are some things that you can handle? Whether it's just logistical things like me being able to handle our schedule, our family calendar, and Tim will add things to it and we'll talk about it together as a couple, but he doesn't particularly enjoy that. And for me, it's important for me to know all the kind of pieces that come together and be the main one managing that. Oh, for sure, because... If the social calendar were left up to me, it would normally be blank. <laughs> and I really think people can get bent out of shape about playing to your strengths where some people think, well, I should be able to do this. 
but your partner is just so much better at doing it than you are, why get bent out of shape about that? You should use your partner's strengths to your advantage, and then they should be able to use your strengths to their advantage. That's a part of the benefit of being in a relationship or even just in a work environment with your colleagues. Don't get bent out of shape if your colleagues are better at something than you are. Either learn from them or have them do those kinds of tasks that you're not so great at and you pick up something else that you are good at. So Ruth is really great at scheduling as we were just kind of talking about. Not only does she like doing it, but she's good at it. But one of the things that I'm good at is when we have content we have to produce or something like that, I'm good at starting off with something that's a totally blank slate. We have nothing and then just starting and working and creating something out of nothing. Whereas for me, when I see that blank page or we have to write out a website page and write all the information on there, I get stuck and I just kind of freeze and I have a really hard time. So I'll start off and I'll write something and then it'll have the general guidelines or framework and then Ruth will come in and then she'll beautify or edit the grammar or check the spelling and those kinds of things. And then on top of that, then she'll build off of the framework that I have already set up there and she'll start adding in additional content. Oh, maybe we should say it this way, or actually I think we should add this in there as well. And so in that way, right, I can start off, but also like I'm not a huge detail oriented guy, so I don't want to go out and fine tune those kinds of things. I would rather just do the general thing and then she can more fine tune it. As a matter of fact, that's kind of how we do our editing for the podcast. I'll do a general overview edit where I will go in and I will take out some of the major mistakes or major gaps and things like that. And then she'll do more of this fine tune editing and any of the smaller stuff that I might miss or editing the sound a little bit more to make it sound better. That's more what she ends up doing in that aspect versus for me, that fine tuning I get bogged down in, but you, you get bogged down in just kind of the beginning scenario scenes. Oh, for sure. And I think this is one of the areas playing to your strengths where you could really get caught up on and feel like, well, it's not fair that I have to write everything or it's not fair that I always have to do the planning and initiate things or I have to always do the laundry. And part of this is sitting down and talking about different roles and what each of you are going to do in the relationship, but figuring out what you're really good at because it would be easy for Tim to say, gosh, this isn't fair. Why do I have to be the one to, you know, sit down and write the majority of the content or be the one to kind of initiate and start it off? And then you just come, you get to just do the finishing touches on it. And maybe he wouldn't say that because he actually doesn't like that part of it. But it would be understandable if he got frustrated with it and probably even fair for him to be able to push it off and say, no, you start it or you sit down and you do the blank page and I'll come in and add on to that afterward. And we've definitely done that in the past, but it's like pulling teeth and it's so much harder for for me, but also for our relationship because what happens is I'll sit down and I will just go blank and have a really hard time starting. And part of that might be that perfectionism, right? I don't want to get it down there until I have it fully like perfected and I want to think through things and gather all the information. But that's going to cause frustration for him because my timeline of me having to sit down in a blank slate is going to prolong his timeline. And so he could absolutely push back and get frustrated with it and put it on my plate and ask me to do it and I would take it. But that wouldn't be the best case scenario for our relationship. For sure, if you're not playing to your strengths, you're putting in additional time and effort into something that could be much faster if your partner did it. 
And I think another thing too, is that when people are playing to their strengths, they tend to feel better. They're enjoying it better and they feel more accomplished at the end of the day when they're doing the things that they feel strong about. But just like you said, if you're sitting in front of that blank canvas and then you're fighting yourself, trying to just get it started, it's much different for me because I just like to see progress. And so it's like blank page, all of a sudden, boom, boom, boom. I put things on. I really like it. Or cleaning. It's like, we'll go down in the basement and it's been a disaster because we have a bunch of kids over. I'll just start, I'll sit in a corner and I'll start cleaning that corner and I'll work my way out from that corner. And then everything gets cleaner all the way up from where I was sitting to where I ended up. And I like being able to look back at that accomplishment, even though like it starts off as a ton, I can see the progress that I've made. Oh, for sure. And I like to be more detailed and organize things as we go, which when things are really crazy and chaotic, that doesn't work because I'm organizing and doing small pieces and you can't really see much of that progress. And so I could spend a couple hours doing that and not see much of it. But Tim will go downstairs and he will, in an hour or probably even less than that, just go through it all, get things where they're generally supposed to be, and it'll look a lot clearer and more manageable. And now I can go in and I can organize and put things where they're supposed to be or get rid of certain things. And I don't feel so overwhelmed and feel like, oh my gosh, look at this overwhelming task that I have to do. And so even in that situation, it's important to, first of all, know your strengths, know your partner's strengths, and then work together using those strengths. All right, you guys, we're going to end there for today. We're not quite through our list of seven lessons, but we're going to continue this in the next episode. So make sure that you stay tuned for that. Have a great day. And remember, your mind is a powerful thing. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode and found it helpful. If so, would you take 30 seconds and share it with a friend? Also, we'd love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcast. It lights us up to know that this podcast is helping you. If you have any questions or a topic you'd like discussed in future episodes, visit our Facebook group. Just click the link in the description below. Although we are mental health providers, this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide diagnosis or treatment. If you are struggling with persistent mental health issues, chronic marital issues, or feeling hopeless or suicidal, you are not alone. Help is available. Please seek professional help or call the National Suicide Hotline at 988. Thank you again for joining us on Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. Remember, there's always hope and there's always help.